Welcome to Ask the Accountant, the podcast that is made for you. Weekly podcast live Mondays from 8.30 a.m., released on the podcast service of your choice on Wednesdays. Your main weekly hosts, Aaron Patrick and Johan Gary. Got something to ask? Submit your questions below or ask during the show. Podcast loading. We are currently getting everything set up behind the scenes. So sit back, relax, and we will be with you in a few seconds. Enjoy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Ask the Accountant. We are, of course, live at 8.30 a.m. on every Monday morning. And as always, Mr. Aaron Patrick is with me, a.k.a. the QuickBooks chap. Aaron, how are you? How was your week? And how was your weekend? Good morning, everybody. Yeah, very good week. Thank you. Very good week. It was uh, nice to have a bit more of a chilled week, not um, having to go out everywhere. And same with the weekend. So looking forward to that. Oh, I really appreciate that. And then I'm looking forward to this weekend as well. We've got some exciting things up, haven't we? Busy, busy as always, aren't we? Don't forget, guys, comment in the uh, comments to say hello and ask any questions you've got throughout the show. If you're listening back to us uh, another time or watching back, if you're watching back on social media or listening back on podcast channels, you can join us live at 8.30 every Monday morning. Um, so you can, by joining us live, you can ask questions and get involved in the chat and keep Aaron and I on the straight and narrow. Uh, otherwise, we will go in tangents. So um, lots and lots of comments coming in on the comments already. So good morning, Ashley. Boom. Ashley, you, we are going to chat about my experience with you later. Uh, but a fantastic episode last week with with Ashley on his podcast. Really enjoyed that. Good morning, Bev. Uh, my phone is lighting up, telling me Bev has tagged me into one of her posts, so I will have to go and have a look at that in a moment. Good morning, Paul, with us as, as always. Uh, Ashley's just watching Bev's video about Client Engager. Oh, that's what we like. Multitasking. Everybody loves a bit of Client Engager. Uh, Kirsty, good morning. Good morning to Andy. We will be discussing Mr. Wainwright coming up soon. Um, good morning to everyone else. Uh, Ashley said it was great to have me on the show last week. Ashley, it was an absolute pleasure and honour. Um, and Ashley said, oh, uh, keep it clean. Always keeping it clean. Good morning to Luke as well. And morning to Sam Green. Christ, everyone's here this morning. Right, okay, let's, uh, let's get on with the show as soon as we've got half the world watching us, we should ought, ought to come create some kind of content out of this, I suppose. Uh, Aaron, you and I both had busy weeks last week, uh, both in our firms, but outside of our firm. So as we'll come to my experience with Ashley later. Um, but I believe you were on a podcast as well during the week. I was. And before we do that, we had a shout out from another podcast as well. So I've done a little two minute segment for us to listen in because I thought this was a, a pretty funny, funny moment. So you guys already know this um, because, well, you were listening, but I didn't realize how um, how impactful my uh, let's say my voice was at the time. So. I've got a little two-minute section that we're going to listen to, um, and we're going to listen to their reaction to our reaction to the, our podcast of us shouting them out on our podcast. So I'm just going to play this for two minutes, um, and then we can discuss exactly what it is. But it was just quite cool to have Ashley Accountant be shouted out on another podcast. 
becoming famous. We are. Hello and welcome to the Computer Game Show. Thank you to our Patreon producers this month. The Full Nels crew, Aaron Patrick, the QuickBooks chap, Simon Nelson, Steve Garrett, the slow Kindle bloke. Um, we've got a few things it. to go through before we go to uh, get to feedback. Um, the first being, uh, we were mentioned on a podcast again. Um, we always love these moments when we get mentioned on other podcasts. We will play them and talk about them. Um, and this one was on a show called Ask the Accountant. And uh, um, uh, Aaron Patrick is the host of that show. And they were at TCGS Con North North. <laughs> Try and guess which one of the presenters was on the back of uh, a rather heavy couple of days up in Sunderland. Social media platforms. And as ever, every week, my co-host is here. Aaron, how are you and how are you feeling? Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am just very grateful that you are the um, co-host of today's uh, today's show. I am going to apologise now for Aaron's uh, sound quality. <laughs> He's got a broken huh? microphone. And Aaron has got man flu. I like that. I like that. The shock and horror of having that and just going. Oh! <laughs> Too many speaking gigs. Well, actually, I think it was just a. Uh, um, it's just been a very good weekend. Get together, basically. They're they're like um, they're they're con. They call it. It was North North in Sunderland. Yeah. Um, and the the guys are called the Computer Game Show. Mini golf. We did all sorts of, uh, as you would call it, organized fun. That's right, organized <laughs> fun. Aaron, thanks, thanks for giving us a shout out, even though it sounded really hard to make any noises with your mouth <laughs> during that recording. <laughs> So there we are. There was our shout out on the uh, on the computer game show. It's it good to be recognised. My one criticism is though that you know it was so difficult to talk. I couldn't even put a sentence together. So yeah, I mean, my one time to be shouted out on a, on that podcast is uh, it's always going to be remembered like that. What do you think? Yeah, that that's not the claim to fame you're looking for, is it? <laughs> when you're going to be announced on a podcast as having spoken about their podcast that was not the one you were looking for was it not oh dear but yeah but no, good reactions nice, all around though nice to know that we are being listened to by other podcasts um and people are sharing our content which is great even if it is just you and your abused throat <laughs> so um but yeah no fantastic and then following on from that aaron i believe you were on another podcast you're actually on a podcast you weren't just being ridiculed for your dodgy fruit. Um, wow. Go on, well, tell us more about this one. It almost felt like I was being ridiculed. One thing I want to shout out to us is that I feel like what we've done with Ask the Accountant, especially Ask the Accountant Call Friends. So for people who don't know, we've got a weekly show that we're on live now. Um, and then we've invited some of the coolest friends in the industry. And we've got some even cooler ones. Well, I'll say even. We've got other cool friends coming, uh, already booked up, coming soon as well. Um, and when we do those podcasts, we literally give it an opportunity so that the person who's coming on gets an opportunity to talk about themselves and promote themselves. And basically, we make sure that whoever the cool friend is, they're the highlight of it. Well, I was on a podcast today where I 
kind of expected the same thing because you know i was invited to be on their podcast you'd expect it to happen um and it actually turned out that i was um more on their podcast and they just wanted to talk about really what they could achieve out of it so for for anyone who um doesn't know it was a person called james sinclair so you know james or you know know james sinclair yeah hang on his podcast just flashed up on my phone this morning saying accountant that wants to buy a business that's me is that you oh so it was um it was what you call it. It was a really surreal moment, like being asked to go on and everything else. I don't know where they got some of the information from because they just, they, they do some like research. It's not him that does it. It's his team. Um, and they do some research and um, I don't know where they got some of the numbers from, like turnover and stuff, whatever, you know, that that's fine. I don't mind that. Um, but it was a strict half an hour slot. That's what you had. And you can imagine he's a busy guy, right? So everything else. But it was very much a case of, I spoke a little bit and then he gave his opinion. And then I tried to speak a little bit more. Then he gave his opinion again. And so it was very different. Having listened to his podcast numerous times, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It was the dream yeah. show. I, I kind of knew what to expect. But yeah, it just, I felt like I came out of there. Like I've just done five rounds with a <laughs> boxing ring. I was absolutely shattered from it. But it was, yeah, it was a great experience. And I, I I wanted to shout more about the pod on that one as possible. Um, but yeah, I think I've got a couple of, a uh, couple of words in edgeways to mention the pod. So yeah, it was just a very surreal experience. Um, really. I mean, I still really highly rate the chap and if, and if you've never listened to his content, his content is absolutely brilliant. Highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, it was just very different to um, being on someone else's show when it was quite clearly their show so that was my experience with a certain james sinclair well, yeah. in, in contrast how was it compared to your experience with ashley i mean, i will i'll come on to ashley in a moment but james sinclair he's one of those guys i've been following on socials for two years now i think um yeah. and some of his stuff's absolutely brilliant like you know diversifying you know if you're going to buy another business buy one in the sector that you are spending money on so like you know, in my case, there's a reason I deliberately went on board with Andy Wainwright at Client Engager because my involvement in that meant my other my accounting firm would save some money on practice management software, which was one of our bigger expenses. So it completely made sense. And that's what James talks about a lot about. Like if you're running a childcare center that sells a lot of ice cream, like he does, yeah. he then went and brought an ice cream company. Yeah, vertical you know, integration, isn't it? Yeah. Vertical integration, it makes complete sense. But yeah, he, he has got a very big personality and it is the james show and he's not what i would class as a mentor shall we say where a mentor would make you answer your own questions almost by probing you with questions he's more of a you tell him a problem and he'll tell you all his experiences about it for you to learn from um but yeah each to their own and you know he he does some absolutely fantastic content um and some of the stuff you can take away the golden nuggets are very good um and it's stuff i refer back to when i'm talking to my clients like this vertical integration and stuff so yeah um but i mean fantastic to be invited onto such a prestigious podcast well done aaron it it was it was i don't think i've come off across i've never not heard it yet but i can't imagine came across in my best light but yeah it's uh it's one of those things isn't it if you don't take the opportunity you'll never know where you say we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean he's got a big audience yeah. So, you know, you know, hopefully you've come off well enough to uh, to be able to get some interest out of that for your for your own firm at least. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, I spent my Wednesday lunchtime for an hour on Ashley Leeds' fantastic podcast and slash LinkedIn Live, where we were talking all things, well, me, quite the opposite to you, Aaron, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, you know, we, Ashley's 15 minutes for accountants and bookkeepers, it's never 15 minutes. Ashley always over delivers on value. So you get about 30 minutes out of it, which is fantastic. And you know what? It just flies by. Like when you're on a podcast with a host that is just so energetic, enthusiastic, like it was just, it flew flew by. It was an absolute pleasure. I walked away from it feeling energized and, you know, probably the complete opposite to how you walked out of your podcast experience, if I'm honest, Darren. Um, But yeah, no, it was an absolutely fantastic show. And yeah, Ashley's got all the techies into music and stuff. So we had a good chat about stream decks and all the other tech I use. Um, so yeah, absolute pleasure to be on a podcast with Ashley co-hosting. He just makes such such a great uh interviewer. Yeah. Uh like even my wife, who occasionally will listen into our podcasts and stuff when she's not busy. Uh Turned around to me after I walked out out my office to, from that one, saying, "Oh, he was such he was so good at interviewing you, like that was a really good podcast." So yeah, even even my wife rated the the host that is Ashley Leeds. So if no one, if some, any of our listeners haven't been on or haven't listened to Ashley's podcast, it's definitely worth a listen every Wednesday at half twelve, and it goes on to their podcast channels on a Friday morning. Um, so yeah, definitely worth a listen. And if you think you've got something to chat about with Ashley, I'm sure he would be loving to see your applications to go onto his podcast uh, as a guest. Because Ashley does, he has a guest pretty much every week. Um, whereas we we only tend to fit in, what, 24 guests a year, if we're lucky. Like yeah. <laughs> so, I, I have to admit though, because when, when you, you popped up as you were the next guest, I was like... If I'm completely honest, my initial reaction, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to try and catch up if I can. The reason I couldn't catch up was at exactly the same time I was doing my uh, James Sinclair one. <laughs> I wasn't there. But, um, but no, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and get there live. But I know I, I could tell what your conversation topics were going to be. It's all going to be about LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, and everything like that, but completely different. Like you went down different tangents I'd never heard of before. It was really, really good um, kind of insight into both of you, really, because, you know, he was able to bring in some of the elements about him himself and kind of make it relevant, which is the whole point, right? Like, keep it relevant. So, no, it was good. It was good. And, uh, yeah, there were some bits in there that we were shocked to hear about, I think, and we'll leave it at that as a bit of a teaser for the for the sh- for the show itself. Brilliant. Yeah, so, yeah, no, we had a – it was an interesting parallel of weeks, wasn't it? with uh, different podcasts and stuff. And I think the benefit of the, doing these podcasts for you and I, Aaron, is the fact that we walk away with ideas and little th- insights that we want to pick up and replicate in our exactly. uh, own podcasts and stuff. And, you know, it's from watching other people's content that we have created this weekly format. It's from other people's content that we've really narrowed down on how we want to deliver. We have cool friends in the fact that it should just be two two of us speaking to our cool friends over a table in a pub um, with a pint, because that's the type of conversation we want to be having is the type of conversation that you have over a pint in a pub. Um, 
so yeah, no, it, I th- going on all these things, it's always beneficial, A, to widen our audience potentially, but also and mostly just to learn what other people are doing and we can go yes or no, is that what we want to do? Um, so yeah, no, fantastic experience for us both. Um, Aaron, one of the other things you've been busy doing this week is more video content as per usual. Um, but I... I think something slips under the radar here that the world, the UK needs to know about for small businesses. Um, I think it's potentially a complete game changer. And you did a video on it covering it uh, along with some shorts. And I don't think enough people know about it. So what is it I'm referring to? Well, in the uh, latest update of iOS for uh, iPhones, they finally turned on the ability not just for you to tap and pay, but to be tapped and paid. So for all these years, we've gone with our phone or our Apple Watch and we've gone tap onto a card machine and now you, that's allowed the retailer to take our pennies, yeah, so on to a card machine like what Aaron's displaying now uh, from sum up. So the, or Square even, they all look the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately we've for years, we've got used to this whole, tapping your wrist on a on a pad or card machine, tapping your phone on a pad or card machine, and they take money off you. Whereas now, Aaron, I believe with this update, retailers can use their phone for their customers to tap their card against their phone to collect payments. So why don't you take us a bit more through all of this and give us a bit more insight into how this is going to work? Because I think for a lot of the accountants and bookkeepers listening, we need to be on the for- at the forefront of this, explaining it to our clients, because it could it not save them quite a lot of money? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, a lot of my inquiries are coming through about card payments. I mean, card machines have become even more prevalent than they ever have been before. And, you know, you've got a lot of people who are still having their traditional brick and mortar and most of those have loads of options out there and you know either they're going to go with square zet or sum up or one of the other kind of challenger um card machines or they're going to go with your more traditional ones that you get from your bank you know the ones that go through like streamline and things like that well, and that's been, stuff like that. exactly yeah, and that's been something that has been just chilling along quite nicely but i think with a lot more going on with um, pop-up shops and with people just wanting to get paid easily more easily going forward so even your contractors and um, we, we did a video for quickbooks the other day um where we were in birmingham and it was a graffiti artist and even him just having a card machine in the in the in the in his car was going to be in his van was going to be a huge thing for him right well he was out and about quickly get that payment and it's become massive and the idea of breaking those barriers down so you can receive payments is huge and it's we've been talking about it a lot lately right because of quickbooks and that pay now button and all those sort of situations go with it um but the big disadvantages is you have to have this with you traditionally right you have to have the card machine with you it has to be charged up it has to have power um and if you go with this is what's called a terminal so it's standalone but there's some ones where you have to connect to and bluetooth and have that connected to your device and you know that can cause issues and problems and everything else the new tap to pay is exactly what you said the idea is that you literally log into the app on the phone of whatever payment provider you want and then this becomes the terminal itself giving you that flexibility it's always going to have an internet connection well as long as you pay your bill um you've always got your internet connection on there um, and you're not in highland scotland where there's no phone signal <laughs> exactly yeah you normally have this on you at all times right 
So the convenience is is huge. And especially if it's one of those things where you'll quickly need to take payment or you don't take it very often, you're a contractor, for example, or whatever it's going to be, or you're out and about and you, 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 you know, whatever it's going to be, just having the flexibility of having on your phone is really useful. So in the UK, we've got two suppliers so far that's activated. Unfortunately, one of those Revolut, and I'll come to that in a moment. The other one is Tillal or whatever, however you pronounce it from NatWest. So their card solution. I've not played with Tillal yet or, or again however how you pronounce it so can't comment on how good or bad that one's working but we'll, we'll definitely keep that in play um, and I'll um, I'll report back on it but we've already been told sum up square um, funnily enough not settled yet but sum up and square both have said that their their updates are coming so we should see them in the next couple of weeks or so which will be great now the Revolut experience though is the one I've been kind of trying to use or using at the moment the only problem I have with Revolut is they don't like me being a um, what they call a merchant. So yeah, with Revolut business, you have different types of business accounts and it has to be a merchant account to have access to this fancy solution and have access to their own card reader, which I've been looking at. Um, as a YouTuber, which, which I always, you know, I say that's what I'm doing. I'm just YouTubing and trying to get videos and stuff. They're not happy with me being a merchant, which you can understand. So I've always had hoops to jump through. Funnily enough, though, I've got clients who, typically are merchants and they've been declined as well so to my knowledge i've never been able to actually get someone onto the merchant account what's cool about the way that revolutes approaching it though is the way that the fees work so there is a tiny little fee involved it's it's just as competitive as it would be if you're using this but you don't have to pay for the um the the device itself so it makes it a lot easier uh, or a lot cheaper should i say um but the, the fees involved, instead of them coming through net and then you have that accounting issue to play around with, well, the fees just come as a separate line item that come through as well. So you get your gross money in, a little fee comes through, makes it really easy to account for. And the fact that it's connected directly to your bank, I mean, there's no extra software needed or APIs or connections needed or anything like that. It's all about convenience, right? So I do and feel like this is a deposit. So if I, if I tap and go my card on your phone, say for £10, a when's that ten pounds minus the fee going to hit your bank account? Well, with with sum up, uh, um, sum up uh, with Revolut, it's pretty much instantaneously, literally wow. just turned up. Yeah, yeah. That's the other challenge, isn't it? With card machines, is it ranges anywhere from twenty four hours through to seven day delay, exactly. which can be quite hampering for your cash flow. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, you don't have to leave it in another wallet and then transfer it out like with the Zettel situations yep. and everything else. So, yeah, it, it's just a, another layer of convenience. And I feel like this is one of those ones where you're going to have clients out there that this could be an absolute game changer for them. You know, literally all they've got to do is update their app and they're off to the races then of being able to start taking card payments, tap to go payments as they go along. So absolutely love this update. Yes, there'll be limitations. It's going to be how much you're... Uh, contactless can can go for you know with apple pay it's um, unlimited isn't it if, as long as you've got the authentication in uh, but if you're just using a card is it 100 pound nowadays i think it's gone up it was yeah, for fifty, and then 100 so yeah so those those limitations you can't i mean you could try sticking a card in somewhere in here but i don't think you have the opportunity to do chip and pin um but that's you know where what is coming i was in uh i went for a wander through edinburgh the other day and it's quite obvious now that we're getting close to August because everywhere in Edinburgh is getting metal fences and banners and posters everywhere ready for the Fringe Festival. Um, and one of the things that I saw last year with the Fringe was lots and lots of people with Sum Up 
and iZettle card readers that were pre-programmed. So basically the free entertainment on the street where they're juggling, sword throwing, whatever they're doing, you could either throw money into a hat or you can tap and go. Uh, and it's just a preset. Every time you tap, it's five pounds or whatever it is. If they, if we're now reducing that cost for that, for those entertainers, then that's even better. So, yeah, I can imagine something like this. Maybe not this year at the Edinburgh Fringe, but seeing being seen a lot more next year onwards when there's more providers on the on the market for it. Um, but yeah, you know, those comedians and those entertainers that attending the Fringe is a hugely expensive thing already. So if it saves them having to spend a hundred pounds on a sum up or square machine or something, then it's a, it's a huge win for them. So yeah, yeah no, I, I can see it working quite well for people like that, as well as your usual businesses, but also your market stall holders and stuff. So yeah, it's going to have a wide appeal. And, and I feel like the biggest disadvantage you have with these devices now, I mean, this one here, which is by Square, not so bad. And the Summit one's not so bad as well. But the Zettel one, if you don't charge it every night, you're lucky to get a day's worth of, of use out of it. It just sucks the power straight out of that. You need it connected really to a mains to make the most of it. Whereas, as everyone knows, from a phone point of view, most of the time you're on top of keeping that charge, right? There's very rarely you're going to be out without a battery on that one. So it's just going to, it's again, it's that convenience factor. And I wonder if the next logical step is your iPad, right? Like having that as a bit more of a display, please tap here. Or you could, you could put a more of a message on there, right? And you could have it nicely for those sort of situations there and nicely set up. You know, everyone can see exactly what it relates to and put the payment in there. I've, I, I'm excited for what the future holds for that sort of technology. And I think, the more we go down that sort of making it easier, make it more convenient, making it more EPOS friendly, um, I'm I'm really up for it. So yeah, tap to pay. Looking forward to it coming on Square, sum up those sort of things later down the line, and watch this space. I'm sure we'll talk about them when as soon as they go live. Brilliant, yeah. I mean, it just opens up the market again for card machines even further, doesn't it? Uh, for more businesses and users' experiences and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, Samuel Green has got a friend who does a show in Edinburgh every year, so he's going to pass this on to him. Samuel, let me know who it is. I'm currently uh, compiling my list of people I want to go and see, and uh, my wife and I have just said just yesterday that we're going to make a concerted effort to go every weekend throughout August to free shows because that is where some of the best talent is. Uh, all this unknown hidden talent in the free shows is fantastic. Uh, we're very lucky to have the fringe on our doorstep. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Paul's wife spotted an REF donation collector using a uh, sum up card reader. She thought it was quite funny. So, yeah, I've, where was it? The Poppy Appeal had a big push on it, was a pre programmed sum up puck, tap and go, and that was it. You're done. Easy. Um, I think it's been quite revolutionary having these tools available for charity collectors and stuff where yeah. people don't carry cash anymore. They've had to find a new solution and this is it. And it's, you know, because you've pre-programmed a minimum setup, it's not a case of um, just spending, throwing 20p or something out your pocket. They, they can kind of go, well, actually the minimum contribution is X. Um, so yeah, and so that's really becoming more portable as well and pocketable like that. Yeah. There, um, has a, a 3G, 4G SIM, 5G SIM, whatever it's in, inside it as well. 
Um, so this yep. one's from Sum Up again. And it's pocketable, right? Like you could easily sit that in a pocket and you've got, you can set it up to just do, like you said, tap to pay that uh, a set amount. And you've even got the opportunity to take the full car payment. So yeah, they are becoming so much more um, versatile now compared to what they were in the past. Like, don't get me wrong, the idea and the, the challenger of bringing those, those um, more pucks that you used to put in Bluetooth wise and connecting. Like something like this, like, yeah, the, the great idea and everything else, but they were fraught with issues and problems. Like even when I was working at a butcher's um, as a Saturday lad, like having to set this up for the owner, then when I wasn't there, he was having problems and it wasn't working and second phone had to be connected and all this and the other, just having these little devices where, you know, they're all in one is the future of them. Um, and I feel like this, tap to pay is just that next step right and 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 hopefully fingers crossed we'll see more of those innovations coming forward yeah definitely definitely well <laughs> talking of new tech um i've been playing with a new toy since friday i've got ups told me they're going to deliver on wednesday and it, they didn't deliver until friday i was not happy i got I daily updates <laughs> the amazon prime guys got in my way basically um but yeah so i've got a new pair of ar glasses Literally, they look like sunglasses. Just put them on for the audience. So I'm just sat here with my slightly oversized glasses. But my wife didn't just thought I brought a new pair of sunglasses um, the other day, which was quite nice. Um, but I've been using these all weekend, and they're amazing. Like, this is the future, people. Um, you know, so these are augmented reality, which basically means I can still see what's going on around me. Um they do have like a blackout thing to go over the front of them uh, so I can have a more in immersive experience, which I was using to uh, watch the um, I watched the last couple of episodes of the, the One Ring on Amazon Prime over the weekend uh, for Lord of the Rings fans out there. Um, and just to sit there and watch it on what is a 201 inch screen was just phenomenal. Like I, I loved it. Um, but then I'm sat there like oh, throughout the weekend, I've been doing my SIF Pro Advisor certification, which is very, um, very video orientated with quizzes after every few videos. Yep. So to have that on, on my headset, whilst I'm able to look down at my laptop and play with SIF analytics as I'm going along, while sat on my armchair having a coffee was phenomenal. I could see what the dog was up to. I could chat to people. It was absolutely brilliant. And I tried to watch a YouTube video on my phone last night. And you know what? It's not the same anymore. It's ruined it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that experience has blown my mind. Like the, uh, I'm going to now have the ability. So I, I'm traveling a bit this week, but, I'm going to have the ability while traveling to sit and do work on my laptop or my iPad and three monitors in front of me on a train or in a hotel room. Like I can take that productivity with me. Um, and they were a fraction of the price of Apple's Vision Pros. So literally a tenth of the price, which was fantastic. Um, they do have to be shipped from America. Um, but yeah absolutely great tools and i'm now reimagining potentially how i set my desk up my desks in my new office up do i go screenless completely um 
I need to do some testing this week with a bit of video editing on them just to see how good they are for video editing without a monitor. Um, but yeah, this this is the way of the future, I think. Like the what these are very early days in the top in the tech world. Um, but AR is definitely gonna be a huge game changer for our industry. Um, you know, like I could spend £350 on two ultra wide monitors uh, on an ultra wide monitor but actually i get more screen real estate out of this one pair of glasses than i would out of one monitor so yeah now i'm i'm very impressed and uh i'll keep reporting back on those um paul's asked are they prescription lenses they do actually have a little amend so my prescription is actually quite small i don't have hugely bad eyes um but they do send a little uh, like lens with a wire frame so you can take those that wire frame and those blank lenses as it were to your opticians and ask them to replace the lenses with your prescription so i did try doing that this weekend at um specsavers but their machine their lab tech said their machines weren't able to create lenses small enough or thin enough to replace the blanks but he has recommended some other places in edinburgh that could do it um, so not every optician is going to be happy with it, but it, he gave me quite a long list and just said it's just not something they normally deal with in spec savers. It's like fine. Um, so I will have to report back on that bit as well. Um, but I, so I've just got one dodgy. Uh, my left eye is not great, but my right eye is spot on, and it's actually because it's overcompensating. And whenever I look, I think in the glasses that was blurry. As soon as I close my left eye, as sharp as anything, absolutely no problems. So I was worried to start with, is it the pixels and the screen resolution and stuff? But no, as soon as I closed my dodgy left eye, I was fine. So yeah, no, absolutely fantastic tool. Bits of kit, definitely worth starting to play around with. Um, Kevin's just asked, uh, said, I have something similar on my VR headset. So definitely we'll have to try... AR headset, yeah. I think Aaron and I were saying before uh, we went on our, on air today that AR is just so much more practical. So I put those sunglasses on, as it were, and I'm sat there. No one would know that I've got them on, and that's what I'm doing. And you know, if I'm logging in, so I logged into some softwares where I needed two-factor authentication, and I could keep my glasses on, look down, undo my phone. Now, the only downside is my phone did not like me with these glasses on. It didn't like the face ID at all. So I yeah. did have to enter my pin, open my authentication app, looked at the number and typed it in and continued with my work. Whereas, Aaron, you were saying when you're wearing that huge chunk of a headset you've just put on your head now. Well, you can tell. I thought you'd not, not be able to tell I got my VR on. Yeah, it's not subtle, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you were saying that marks you get on your head afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you were saying that actually with VR, the challenge is if someone, if they need you to do a, um, an authentication code, you'd have to look at, take the headset off, look at the authentication code, put the headset on, try and remember it, get it wrong, take the headphone headset off, look at it again, put it in. And we've only got 30 seconds with these codes if they're coming from an authentication app. So you've got to move quick. Um, so, yeah, no, I think AR in the workplace is going to be far, far better. 
VR is going to be amazing and will probably run circles around AR headsets when it comes to entertainment and films yeah. and yeah. stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, watching YouTube and Amazon and Now TV through my AR glasses this weekend was fantastic, especially if I put my blackout thing on the front so it was more immersive. But at the same time, it was quite nice not to be watching a huge screen and suddenly my wife walks through and I can acknowledge that she's walked through and you know, say, how are you, whatever, that you're completely aware of your surroundings while watching this huge screen through these glasses is phenomenal. It's um, definitely a very good thing for the future. Yeah. Um, and I, from compatibility-wise, it's what is it, iOS and Mac and everything in between? The only thing they're not talking... So if you plug it into like an iPad or an iPhone or an Android device, it automatically sorts that out and it says, do you want us to mirror the screen or do you add a new screen or extend your screen? If you plug it into like a MacBook or a Mac Air or a, a computer, as it were, a Mac one, then there's an, an app that's in beta testing at the moment that's available. Now, I had some issues with that and... Uh, from the point of view that I'm running the iOS 7, uh, the I, uh, new iOS software in developer mode for my laptop. So I've got access to all the new features, but that caused me a slight issue because the glasses wouldn't let me do anything other than one monitor. Um, it wouldn't give me free. Um, so I'm still testing that. But then once I rolled it back, excuse me two seconds. Once I rolled it back, the... Um, the to the old software, the current software, as it were, in Apple, it was absolutely fine. So we, when I did that, I had my free monitors and stuff. So yeah, but then you know my Cafe Nero app doesn't work on my mobile at the moment because I'm running the developer software, and yeah. it sees that as a security risk. So it's just down to update updates and stuff. Um, the only device it doesn't work for properly at the moment is Windows. They've not released an app for a Windows PC to run it uh, but it does say that's coming soon on their website very good yeah I, i'm definitely interested in um how ar is going to go forward i feel like, like we've said it before on the show like the whole apple uh, vision bit that excites us is that vr is that ar side of things um and i even i'll always remember correcting you it's like oh, no it's not going to be an ar headset it's a vr headset but actually no they They've seen the future, right? They've seen exactly what you've said there. Um, and the idea that you can actually have that augmented reality as opposed to virtual reality, I think is so much more useful. And I know Microsoft went down a big route. They, they had this called uh, solution called HoloLens. Um, and I know from exactly what you said there, from, you know, general consumer pickup it wasn't no one's really interested in it like why why would we care about the hololens ar but actually what it's done really well in is the business sense you know mechanics having to fix um something out on the uh, an oil rig or something and being able to see exactly what they can see you know doctors and those sort of things being able to kind of assess a patient remotely and those sort of opinions and that's where it gets really exciting right and and i feel like that's where it goes from what you're seeing at the moment is you're seeing a extra monitor and extra screen and everything else the next step from there is that that screen then interacts right and then that yeah. gives you some feedback or 
where you look, it kind of gives some information. That's where the next stage comes from. And, and yeah, that's going to be really exciting. And the fact that you're already seeing practical use case from, you know, basically having, you know, a, a, a second monitor showing up on your screen just shows where it's about to go, isn't it? So yeah, really, really yeah. excited. And again, like you said, you could get away with being on a on a train or in a sat 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 on a in a cafe with those on, no problem. Um, yep. Yeah, if I try and wear that on a train, people are going to think, "What's the, what's going what's on there?" I'm watching. Yeah, and I and honestly, I I've never tried it on a moving platform, but I don't think moving around with that on would probably be good either. I can imagine you're going to get motion sickness of some sort, aren't you, with the fact yeah. that you're your eyes are seeing yeah. one thing when your body's seen another sort of idea. Yeah, and that was one of my concerns with these, but actually I've not had any issues whatsoever. The only thing that was slightly undignified, as it were, like more complex than what you'd have expected, was drinking and eating with them on. You're, you're just, your senses are heightened and you're just ultra aware of where you're going with your coffee and your food and stuff. So, you know, I did take them off for that. Um but yeah, no, the they are fantastic. Um, I'm really impressed with them, and I'm just saying, thinking if a, if a relatively unknown company can be delivering this now, then what are the big boys going to deliver in the next two to three years? It's it's uh, I think it's going to be one of those fields that potentially moves forwards at the same rate we're seeing seeing AI move forwards, um, yeah. which yeah. for the tech enthusiasts amongst us is very exciting to know that there's potentially this much growth and expansion in what we can do going forwards. So yeah, yeah definitely. we've got any more comments coming in. So Paul says probably not for him at the moment as he has, uh, very focals, uh, and has to pay for lens thinning. Yeah. It's, they are very small, thin lenses, Paul. So you may struggle with very focals. Um, but yeah. And a LinkedIn user says, can't wait to hear more about these. And Paul did. Paul says, "Let's be real, Johan. You just said, where's my tea? I wouldn't dare ask my wife for where's my tea.' Uh, so yes, but yeah, okay. So new tech coming up. Uh, and speaking of our tech, we'll be playing with our tech again soon, won't we, Aaron? So we have got an exciting week ahead." Uh, Aaron and I will be in Liverpool, of all places, this week. Um, I'm going to go up to Liverpool on Wednesday afternoon and spend some time with Andy Wainwright talking all things Client Engager and getting that all set up and just a bit more brainstorming and stuff like that um, on the Thursday. Then, Aaron, you're joining us on the Thursday evening, I believe, um, for the three of us to go to the Royal Open Golf Day on the Friday, uh, we we won't spoil who is taking us there today because that's all part of a bigger announcement coming up. Um, but yeah, looking forward to a trip to Liverpool. And then Saturday, you and I are going to do some filming and create some more content for other bits and pieces we've got on the side, haven't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just nice to go somewhere where, well, we were forced in the end, weren't we? But because we're using the automobile, or I'm using the automobile, the, the car instead of the uh, jumping on a train because of the train strikes, but that's one for another, another conversation. Um, it is means that we can just bring all the all the gear with us, doesn't it? And it means that we can actually 
take the whole studio with us. And I think that's where we'll be able to do some really good um, content out of it. Um, it was interesting, though, looking at the Open, and I was reading it the, over the weekend, uh, how <laughs> how limiting we're allowed to be there. I mean, I know it's a, a, a you know a sporting event at the end of the day, and they've got rights and everything to worry about and everything else, but they're very, very strict on what we're allowed to take and not take. It's no filming, no anything else. I mean, we wouldn't have necessarily wanted to film the action itself. It was more like, let's film us for social media content the experience and, of the hospitality and stuff exactly like that. yeah and if you go by the letter of the law nah, they don't want i mean taking your phone's a bit of a <laughs> no no by the sounds of it isn't it so yeah, yeah rocking up with uh, with with the same equipment we do for our grid wall probably wouldn't have gone down too well so <laughs> definitely not but yeah no it, it's going to be a good day and it, it's nice to be able to go to a day where technically we're not really working we are guests and we are like the Friday day anyway, we're guests and it is just you, me and Andy having a good day out, basically, which will be nice. Uh, let off a bit of steam and just enjoy chatting all things in the world, basically. Um, but yeah, so watch out for some fantastic content coming out uh, there, to say the least. And lots of excitement, exciting announcements that we're still, you know, we're still telling everyone's coming um, but you yes. will see what those announcements are the following week, I promise. We won't keep teasing any longer than we have to. Um, but yeah, we're very excited about it all, aren't we? We are. We are. And it, it's one of those things as well, you know, it's it's just testament to our, our audience. Like the, the reason we get these opportunities is because our audience uh, keep logging in and and watching every week. And yeah, it's uh, it's great to see that, we've been able to kind of take it to the next level somewhat, haven't we? So exciting times ahead. Yep, definitely. So um, one other topic I just wanted to touch on, which is less exciting, but I wanted to get your view on it, Aaron, is um, there's a lot of, a lot of talk in the accounting media about AML, anti-money laundering. And the government has put this out, a new consultation out and, it's one of these things that perhaps we don't think of on a day-to-day basis, but it's fundamental to run it, how we run our practice, um, and it's fundamental to how we comply with the le- some of the legalities within our industries, maintaining our AML policies and procedures. Um, so, a couple of weeks ago, and we've been we've been monitoring it, haven't we? We've, it's a bit of a boring subject, but we've got to the point where we think actually. We do need to share our insights on this now. It is getting to that point. And you and I, I think we've got very different insights on this and different opinions, which will be interesting to share. But basically, the government's launched a consultation on AML. They're saying that the governing bodies are not doing a good enough job. They're not consistent enough. There's not enough consistency across each governing body. There's too many reports of some governing bodies making a tick box exercise, others scrutinizing to the far end of the scope and being overly cynical um so what they wanted to do is come up with a way to solve this and what they've done is they've come up with three proposals in effect haven't they Mm. um so they've said proposal one is we take the governing at the the organization that's in charge of it at the moment and bulk it up we give them more powers we give them more money more authority to hold governing bodies to account better. Um, option two is to 
strip AML governance from all but one governing body in each industry. So every governing body in accounting and bookkeeping would lose their AML supervision uh, rights and it would be awarded to one. So like ACCA would be responsible for governing the all AML for the every single accounting and bookkeeping firm in the UK, which whether they're members of the ACCA or not, which could be interesting. Um, and the third one is to scrap it all from all governing bodies to set, create one central governing body uh, in the form of a government organization. And they will deliver and license all AML supervision for all industries across the UK. So they're the three options that are out for consultation. Um, what what are your thoughts on this, Aaron? Wh which direction would you like to go in? I mean, consultation needs to happen because at the moment it isn't right. Like we've spoke about it on the pod before. Like you you've done a really pragmatic view where you know you've got some really good tech behind it anyway. With and I'm I'm always jealous that you've got that Zama. Um, connectivity and you've got that um, connection through there because I feel like that's doing a lot of the heavy lifting but that's not all of it right and that's where the, the fear comes from especially when I, I've, I do a lot of work for ICAW small practice committee and working with them and the fear is that a lot of people see that you know just doing a an, an or a, a, an identification check is that's that's it that's enough that's AML done and dusted. Um, you went again a step further and you got someone in independently to review your process and make sure that you're up to scratch right. And yep. again, you're doing more than majority of the practices out there are doing, um, especially if you look at the smaller practices. The problem you have is that at what point does it become a complete and utter overkill and just stops people from taking on clients? We already have a lot of tick boxes to fill and compliance to complete. And I'll always remember kind of talking to ourselves and, and we, we had it as a, we have cool friends that's due out soon. Um, you know, when you look at anyone involved in insolvency, the amount of work that they've got to do is just absolutely astronomical. Um, the amount of working as an independent financial advisor looking to get a mortgage for someone is absolutely absolutely you know we're in a lucky position that yes we've got a few hoops to jump through and there's a few tick boxes and yes there's always room for improvement for making it more robust but it is a light touch at the moment i think we've all got to remember that that compared to what other industries have we do get off quite lightly in what we're doing. So I, I know there needs to be a change. I know there needs to be extra work. The idea that someone, one body would take over scares me completely, um, unless that is going to be a government body. And I feel like, is that the only logical solution? We're not going to like it. It's probably going to end up with us having more complaints and more problems and more issues going forward. But, realistically how else are we going to be able to tackle this if it's not governed by one body that just acts that at least you've got to be a part of it's, it's almost like ico all over again right yep. like as long as you've got registration you can then have your other bodies helping you kind of be compliant and there'll be other solutions to help you become but you have to have that one registration in one place and it all feeds through there i feel like without that we're never going to have something robust enough for us to 
you know, do it justice and, and be, you know, vigilant that we should be vigilant going forward. What about you, Jan? What's your opinion? Yeah, no, I mean, I have a very, very little stock or high opinion in governing bodies in the accounting industry. Um, I think they're all far too focused on uh, AML and they're not focused enough on getting entering, getting people into the industry, which they should be. I don't think they're focused enough on broadening the skill set of the people in our industry. So, yes, tax awareness is really important. Like, you know, what are the rules of taxing and stuff? But actually developing our next round of leaders and entrepreneurs in the industry are equally important. So if governing bodies could then have more time to spend facilitating better development, CPD, of our of the industry, individuals in our in our uh, industry i think that's a huge win for us um you know i mean i'm my aml supervision is from hmrc because to be fair to them they do not they don't mess around like i know i pay them a fee and i expect zero support from them whereas everyone all the governing bodies say oh you pay us this and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and actually it boils down to almost false promises and empty promises so I'd rather pay someone that's honest with me and just say, yeah, you pay us, you're on the register, and we may inspect you. It's like, fair, fair yeah. enough. To be fair to HMRC, I'd get fortnightly text message saying, don't forget to look at this kind of thing, and don't forget this, and there's been updates to that. And it's stuff I never got for a governing body when I was with them. So I part of me thinks the solution is one government government body, like the ICO, but for AML, where we are supervised by them, because then we will get consistency across all firms in the inspection quality and what they're looking for. Whereas at the moment, I know for a fact, if I got inspected by ACCA, ICB, IAB, IWCA, like I would get multiple different experiences with multiple different focuses, and that's not, that's not helping anybody. There's no consistency in approach and... There's no consistency in the um, the justification behind an, an inspection and its points. So, you know, most governing bodies are using it as a stick to beat us with. No one's actually going out and saying, these are the rules. This is how you do it. There's no education. And the education that they give you is refer back to the guidelines, which is a huge document full of jargon that no one understands. So... And that's why I brought someone in independent to make sure I'm compliant because I couldn't understand the guidelines and everyone just says refer back to the guidelines. So I think a governing body is the right way. However, my ultra concern there is if this governing body are doing AML supervision of every industry appropriate in the UK, so gambling, conveyancing, banks, bookkeeping, accounting, finance, IFA, etc. They their awareness of the market and the industry and the challenges we face in our industry could be reduced. But then at the same time, I wonder of how much how aware are our governing bodies in the accounting and bookkeeping industries really of our day-to-day challenges in our firms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of the people that are in these governing governing bodies haven't run their own firm for a long time. They're completely out of touch with the current world that we're in for the industry. So actually, would it be any worse going to a government, a government body 
where they don't understand the, the trials and tribulations we go through on a daily basis? Potentially not. So, yeah, I, I think the government body is my preferred choice for consistency. If I'm going to be hit with a stick, I want to make sure it's the same stick that you're being hit with, basically. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and that also then frees up governing bodies within the industry to focus on stuff that they should be focused on, like developing us, supporting us, training us, and educating us, and keeping up with the world around us. Um, so, because yeah, AML. Let's be let's be honest, has been all-consuming for governing bodies for the last three or four years. Like, it's all they talk about, and that actually what they're talking about doesn't make sense. It has no value. Yeah. Um, the only one disadvantage of it being completely centralised or, or government is that they won't be allowed to recommend partners to go with. Because ultimately, to make our life easier, we need to have more reliance on, or not more reliance, but we need to have more awareness of which partners are the right partners to go with. Like... Just then, doing an identification check isn't really just AML, right? We need the, the full back end, which is, you know, what people like Zama are looking to do, right? There's more than just an identification check there. Um, and I feel like that's the one disadvantage. If 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 it was a centralized government, they will, hands are tied, they won't be allowed to go, right, go go with these guys because these guys know what they're doing. They could do a recommendation list, and but it will but yeah. be just like it is now, the MTD recommendation all over again. When did your governing body last recommend an AML tool to you? Well, they're not allowed to again, are they? Yeah. No. So it, it voids the argument, really, because they're not allowed to recommend things and partner with people either. True, true. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a topic that all accountants and bookkeepers need to watch out for. And if they want their voices heard, they need to come, go into this consultation and feedback. Um, I think the most likely scenario would be that they're just going to bulk up the powers of the current government body that administers AML supervision to the supervisors because that's the easiest option it's the cheapest option but it'd be you know if you if you're really off set against the government having their own body and everyone, all the other governing bodies not having one then you need to put in your opinion on this on this consultation fairly quickly um, so a few comments coming in on this. Uh, Andy's looking forward to welcoming us to the best places to live, one of the best places to live in the UK. Yeah, looking forward to my trip to Liverpool. I uh, I won't tell you my what my uh, mum's opinion was of it when she visited my sister in at Liverpool University, but <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't good. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to my trip anyway. <laughs> um, so Paul says the fear on Aaron's face when you suggested ACCA. Uh, yep. Well, each to their own. Uh, Paul also said, personally, options two and three would be best, as in his honest opinion, as long as it's set up better than the current set connection through schemes and software. Yeah. Right. Uh, Kirsty says, ICB, we have to use an ICB AML tool, even if we use the le other leading tools, we still have to use the ICB one as well. Yep. And you know what? The ICB one is not best in class. I think that's my biggest annoyance yeah. is yeah. governing bodies are then either building their own tool that's not fit for purpose or they if they do recommend things, it's not best in class. It's just who they've got the best commercial deals yeah. with. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. And that's not good enough. Like, you know, like Client Engager has partnered with Zama. 
to power our AML side of things because we believe they are best in class. You know, I use them in my firm. Andy uses them in his firm. And they, the way we have revolutionized our own AML processes because of it is incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's all well and good governing bodies saying we've built a tool of stuff, but then they don't, They it's a minimum viable product. It's not best in class. And then they tell people off for using other tools, even though they might be better and more powerful than the tool they're providing, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then comment from Steve says, the river runs for a reason. Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, brilliant. Right, well, that is bringing us up to time, Aaron. So as we've already discussed, we already know what's going on this week, don't we? I've got a few days in the office and then I'm in Liverpool for the rest of the week until the end of the weekend. What about yourself? What have you got this week on top of Liverpool? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of training for QuickBooks. If you are doing a course certification course, that'll be my uh, voice that you'll be hearing. And yeah, just a lot of a lot of work really to get us ready so that we can uh, enjoy the weekend ahead, which is uh, very much needed. So yeah, looking forward to it. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for everyone that's been commenting throughout the show it's always a pleasure to have you and it just makes us uh stick on topic slightly more than when we might deviate um but if you haven't joined us live don't forget you can join us live every monday morning at 8 30 a.m i promise aaron and i will not have husky voices next week um we, we can't have husky voices we've got too much film creating to do on saturday so yeah but yeah, I hope everyone has a fantastic week and I look forward to chatting to you all again next week uh, when we will hopefully have some announcements to make so we can all go public with those. Um, but yeah, so that's everything from me. Everything from me. Goodbye, everybody, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.